Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast that will empower you to become financially independent as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Sarah Young, an entrepreneur, wealth coach, and mentor to driven, ambitious female business owners who are ready to take action towards having a richer and more impactful life. I'm here to push you to think bigger about what's possible for your business and life, and I believe that your business is the best way to have more time and financial freedom. Just 10 years ago, I was $55,000 in debt and leaving a traumatic marriage as a 20-something. Fast forward to today, I now run a seven-figure agency with a team of 10 and growing and have built over a million dollars in net worth while balancing taking care of my health and prioritizing being a wife and mom. In this podcast, I will teach you how to scale your business, take home a six-figure paycheck, and save and invest for your financial future without having to sacrifice your life today. How can you structure an offer that scales to multi-six and seven figures in revenue with ease? That's what I want to talk about today on episode 99 of the Profit and Prosper podcast. I can't believe we're almost at episode 100, y'all. It just feels like such a milestone. I remember when I first started recording the podcast, I would save the episodes with like three digit spaces in front of the episode titles because I was like, I know that one day I'm going to hit 100 and it kind of felt like wishful thinking at the time, but I'm so proud of myself for sticking with weekly podcast episodes to get us up to episode 100. Um, so that episode will be a fun one coming out next week. But for this week, I want to continue this conversation I've been having, we've been having about sustainability. One of the things that I think people do that is the most unsustainable that really drives a lot of other things in your business um, not working is that you have offers or pricing or both that is not scalable and that is not profitable. So in this episode, we are going to talk about how you can create offers and pricing that are sustainable and that would scale if you choose to scale and hire, you know, hire a team and do all the things to grow your revenue to, like I said, multi six or seven figures. Like how can you create an offer that scales with ease? So when I talk about scaling, when I talk about even growing your business, which they're not really the same thing. People use the terms interchangeably, but when I talk about growing or scaling, I think there's a large camp of people um, who tell me something along the lines of, I don't think I can scale my business because I just don't think that I'm going to be able to handle that volume of work. To which my response is usually something like, is it absolutely true that scaling your business has to be hard? Because you're thinking to yourself that doubling or tripling or 5xing or 10xing your revenue means that you have to take on double or triple or five times or 10 times the amount of work. And you don't necessarily see how it's possible to scale your business and to have a team when your clients are used to working only with you to being billed by the hour to just doing the same old thing that you use to start your business. And I want you to understand scaling your business does not have to be hard doesn't have to be complicated. You don't need fancy strategies you know, to get your business up into the multi six and seven figure range. And that's not to say that it's easy, right? I'm just saying it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to mean working 60 plus hours a week if you have the right structure in place. 
And most people, I would say, do not have the right offers and pricing structure in place. And that is why when you do the math on how many clients you're going to need to hit 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 months, that's why you feel overwhelmed because you're sitting here thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to take on, you know, 40 clients at $500 a pop when I'm only used to carrying, working on five at a time. How on earth am I going to get to 40? Um, Or you realize, maybe you already know, I need to restructure my offers. I need to restructure my pricing, maybe incorporate a higher ticket price into my offer suite so that you don't have to do, you know, 40 sales at 500 each. Maybe you can do 10 sales at 2000 each, which is, in my opinion, a lot more manageable, but you don't necessarily know how to go about doing that. And so before I jump into like the meaty part of the episode, I just have a quick little caveat story. So I was talking to somebody a few weeks back and she said, I want to be comfortable and sustain my business where it is because I just don't want to take on more. You know, I just see, I feel like scaling up to, for her, it would be into seven figures. I just feel like it would be too much for me. And if that's you, I'm absolutely not telling you that that's not okay. Like it is totally okay to be happy and content with where you are in your business, with the revenue level that you're at. You don't have to grow for no reason. And also something else I tell my clients is I want to make sure that wherever you are, that your business is designed to make it financially sustainable for you. Meaning I want you to make sure that you're taken care of. I don't want you to settle for a $50,000 a year paycheck because you could go probably do that in less hours than you're working right now, right? You could go get a job, work fewer hours than you're working in your business. Maybe it wouldn't be as fun, but it would probably be a heck of a lot less stressful and you could make as much or more money, right? And so I want us to be really thinking hard about, listen, if our goal is financial freedom, then one of the things you need to do is make really good money from your business. And in a lot of cases, yes, there's absolutely ways you can restructure your business to be more profitable. But in a lot of cases, to make more money, you are going to have to grow and or scale your business. Something that I personally have been challenging my myself on is that I keep I have been telling myself for years, the last couple years from working with clients in the seven to low eight figure range, that I didn't think I ever wanted Young & Co. to get beyond 2 to $3 million in annual revenue because I see that when people get above 3 from like 3 to $5 million, it gets to be hard. And then looking at the, the business models and the structures of people who have, you know, like $10 million, $20 million businesses, it's like, I just don't know if I want to be the CEO of a $10 million business. And I've caught myself and I challenge my own self to say, But what if it doesn't have to be hard, right? What if it doesn't have to be hard? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it actually can be easy to run a business that goes beyond the two to three million dollar mark. Now, to be fair, I think I could be very happy at with a two to three million dollar business. I think I could have an amazing take home pay, a good business value, all those things. I could probably achieve my goals. And so whether or not we go beyond that, we shall see. But It's just something to challenge yourself with is to really say, are you selling yourself short, right? Are you putting that sort of vibe out into the universe where you're telling yourself like, no, it's going to be too hard to grow too much. And so 
you're unconsciously holding yourself back because I think I was doing it too. Okay. All right. So what I want to talk about is three things I see people commonly doing that are not sustainable when it comes to offers and pricing. And then some things that I think you need to do instead in order to create offers and pricing that are profitable and scalable. So one of the things that people do that is not sustainable is customize everything. And so I see, especially with service providers, especially like B2B consultant types who tell their clients, oh yeah, we'll customize a package to you, customize everything that you want and you need for your business. I think that sounds great from a marketing standpoint, but the reality is your clients don't necessarily need custom. Unless you are truly doing like corporate consulting engagements. And even then, I bet it's less custom than you think it is. The reality is your clients need a solution for their problems. And you are the expert who knows how to give them the result that they want. You know the process that they need to go through. You know the deliverables that you need to provide for them. You know the things that you need to troubleshoot. And so instead of customizing packages for everybody, my challenge is create an offer that solves the problem. Put a set of deliverables on a timeline together that work for the type of ideal client that you want to work with, and that's your offer. And then people will be like, well, what if some clients need more or less? Then my answer is you're probably not clear enough on who your ideal client is because our, you know, CFO packages for seven-figure business owners are pretty set in stone in terms of what they need because we work with specific types of industries and clients with, you know, specific revenue and specific team structure. If I was to put a CFO package together for somebody who was doing $50 million a year in revenue, that's a whole different offer, right? It's a whole different structure because that client does need something else. And it's not that I'm going to customize the seven-figure CFO package for the $50 million client, I'm going to have to come up with a whole different offer and really ask myself, is that something that I want to do? Which currently the answer is no, but that's a topic for another day. When you customize everything, it makes it hard to scale because you're not clear on the messaging, the identity of your ideal client. That makes it hard to market clearly. It makes it harder to sell when things are not as clear, when things are more vague. It makes it harder for your team to know what they're supposed to be doing and how to do it and what the deliverables are and the timeline if things are shifting around all the time. So number one thing people don't do is customizing everything. The number two mistake that people make that causes their offers and pricing and whole business to be unsustainable is underpricing. So pricing your offers too low. I actually worked through with a client inside of my Scaling Made Simple program recently on pricing because we came in and this is one of, there's two things I have clients do when they come into this program quickly. The first thing is a time audit so that we can identify, you know, things to take off their calendar. And the second thing is we look at offers and pricing because I typically find that if we can shift those two areas that it frees up a lot more time and cash flow for you to go do other things. So we were doing this recently and we did the math for this client around how much she was paying her team to do the delivery and then how much she was charging. And she was had less than 50% of a margin on her services. And what that means is, you know, if she's charging a client a hundred bucks. She was making $40 after she paid her team $60. And generally I find if you're pricing less than a 50% margin at a, the bare minimum, 
that is going to be hard to scale because if you're only keeping 30, 40% of every sale you make, your volume of sales is going to have to be crazy high in order to grow your business and be able to stay profitable. A lot of times underpricing happens either when you're just not clear on what it is that actually goes into your offer, again, because custom everything, right? It can also happen when you're competing with other people. You go out and you look at other people in your industry or who are working with the same niche as you and you see their offer and their pricing and you try to undercut them. Rather than coming up with your own offer and your own pricing that stands on its own, you're trying to compete with everyone else, which makes you a commodity, which means that, yes, you do have to compete on price. And so instead of underpricing, instead of trying to compete with other people on price, can we come up with an offer that puts you into a market of one, right? Can we create something that people can come to you to get or to your business and get that they can't necessarily get anywhere else? The third thing that I see people do that is not sustainable is not niching or specializing. And I've seen a lot of like talk on Instagram the last several months about like, you don't have to niche, da da da. And to that, I'm like, "Mm, okay, you do you, right? I'm going to say from my experience that I have seen more successful businesses who do niche or specialize into working with a particular type of client specializing in a certain type of software or set of systems or type of deliverable that they make rather than trying to serve everybody. The reason that it is more sustainable if you do focus in on a certain type of client or a certain type of result is that you can get, you and your team can get really good at delivering that result, which means that it's going to take you less time, less resources, and less energy and brain space to execute on that offer versus, again, back to custom everything, if every client is different, if they use different systems, if they have different needs, then it's going to be harder to consistently deliver high quality results for them versus, you know, at Young & Co., we work with service-based businesses as our CFO clients. Most of them are, we have kind of two sub-niches, agency owners, and I would say like health and wellness type practitioners. And those are just like the two sets of businesses that we've gotten really good at working with. And so when those types of businesses come in, we know exactly what to do. We know exactly where to find their problems. We know exactly how to run the reports and give them the things that they need, which means that our offers are more profitable because we can get them done that much faster. Okay. So there's a three things that people do that is not sustainable. And if you're doing these, it's not that you know, necessarily you're doing a bad thing. These are just really common things that people do when they start their businesses and get up to, you know, six figures in revenue, because you just kind of are putting stuff out there into the world, trying to figure out how to make what what is going to stick, trying to figure out how to grow your business. But what gets you to six figures in revenue is not necessarily what is going to get you to multiple six or seven figures. So now let's talk about a few things you need to do to improve your offers and pricing if your goal is to grow and scale your business, or even if your goal is just to make your business more profitable, but stay at the revenue level you're at. These are the things we need to focus on. So when it comes to your offers, we need to do three things. We need to create an offer that really resonates with your ideal client. We need to price it at a point that it is highly profitable. And then once you put it together, none of it matters unless you can go out and validate it and get people to pay you money for that offer. So let's talk about each step. 
first up, we have to create an offer. So if you're listening to me and you're like, okay, all this sounds good. Maybe you're doing some of the things I said were not sustainable. And so you realize that you want to redo your offers, at least redo one offer, maybe introduce one new offer, or maybe just revamp your whole offer suite, whatever it is. Here's what I want you to do. First, you have to listen to your current clients. What are your current clients telling you when you have meetings or calls with them in emails? What are the things that they say they value the most about working with you? What are their goals? What are their desires? What are the problems that keep coming up? Also listen to people when you have sales calls or consults or doing networking, whatever you're doing, ask them those questions. Like what are the things that you're facing? What are the things that you would value from somebody who's in the niche that I'm in that you're maybe not getting anywhere else? People will tell you what they want if you ask them, okay? So listen to what people are telling you. And then I want you to ask yourself, how can I use my expertise to deliver the result that they want? What are the types of deliverables that they would need? What is the timeline that you could turn that around in? And you need to think about as you're structuring your offer, we want to create an offer that is for one type of ideal client, right? So back to the CFO example, the CFO offers we have are targeted at seven-figure business owners who have service-based businesses because those are the clients that we typically work with. And so that's what we have created all of the deliverables and the call timing and everything around serving that type of client, right? I'm not creating one CFO offer that's going to fit for a six-figure business, a seven-figure business, and an eight-figure business. So you have to understand, back to this question about niching or specializing, who is your ideal client and get it down to where you can create an offer that's specific for one particular group of people. Make that offer standardized so that it's easy to onboard, easy to delegate to a team, easy for everybody to execute on and deliver high quality results. Okay, so create your offer. Step two, price it so that it is profitable. One of the things that I teach people when we think about pricing is, well, pricing is an art form, right? So there's not necessarily a formula that everybody can use to price their stuff. I wish there was. But there is something that I call a price floor. So this is the minimum price that you can charge and still be profitable. So you go back a few episodes when I talked about the 100K paycheck business models. Within the three different business models, I gave you some gross profit benchmarks that we see um, depending on the different types of industries and business models you have. So if you want to learn about those, go listen to that episode. But the price floor is the minimum you can charge and then pay your team to do the work or pay for the supplies or inventory you need and still make a benchmark gross profit margin, right? That is a formula you can do. And when we do this formula, you have to include the value of your time, even if you don't have a team, right? If you're the one delivering, sure, it doesn't cost you money. I'm using air quotes around cost, but you need to make sure that you're pricing the offer so that if you did have to outsource to someone else, who's probably, side note, gonna take longer to deliver than you, but if you did have to outsource it, are you going to make enough profit, right? Because you never know when you're going to be ready to outsource or when you're going to need to be forced to step back and need to be able to do that. And so we need to have our offers be profitable right from right now. Okay. So when you're pricing it, we need to look at what is the price floor and make sure that we um, price your offer at least at the floor. Now we look at the price ceiling on the other hand, and that can be a much larger number 
right? What is the most that you could charge for this service? What is the most that other people in your industry charge? If you were to put a value on like, what is the value of the results that you're potentially providing to your client? That is what we call value-based pricing. That's typically going to be the price ceiling, right? Or you could say, let's, what's coming to mind is like um, for home organizers, if we look at the home edit chicks, like Joanna, Clea, I think are their names. I have no idea how much they charge to do home organizing. The reason it comes to mind though is a lot of organizers always push back at, at me about um, clients being price sensitive and not wanting to pay more, et cetera, et cetera, which I totally get. And also clients don't have a hard time. They're not going to have a hard time paying the home edit to come do their house, right? If they wanted to hire them. Now, obviously you need to talk to the client that has that type of budget, but that would be like the price ceiling, right? Or maybe you're a stylist. What would a celebrity stylist charge? That would be the ceiling for like your particular offer that you could potentially charge. It's like, I could charge up to this much for the right ideal client, right? But we want to look at what is the most that you could potentially charge for the type of client that you're serving? What is the value of the result that you're giving them? And then that is going to be your price ceiling. And so somewhere in that range is going to be your price, right? I can't necessarily tell you exactly where to put your price. Um, within that range, but except to say it needs to be at least above the price floor. Okay. So step two, price it to be profitable. Step three is we have to validate it. Okay. Because all of this does not matter, right? If you put your offer together and you price it, if you don't talk to real human beings, if you don't put it out into the world and no one buys it. So in order to validate your offer, you need to have what we call minimum viable messaging and sales collateral, meaning you don't need a perfect sales page or the perfect logo or whatever. You just need minimum viable sales collateral, like even a Google doc with all of the details listed out to take that out into the world and go share that with potential new clients and talk to people about your offer, share it with people who you have calls with in your DMs, to your Instagram stories, on your email list, try to get to talk to real human beings and start socializing and validating that offer until you find the clients who are going to pay you for it. And this is an area where I'll see people who put a higher ticket offer together they have their first call and the person they're talking to box at paying a higher price and so say, oh my God, this is never going to work. I'm going to have to lower the price. No one's ever going to buy a high ticket. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. I'm a failure. <laughs> like, no, we don't shut it down because one person says no or because the first three people say no. The point of validating it is you want to talk to people about what are their real true objections to the offer? What are the things that you might need to add in that you didn't think about to make them feel comfortable that this is the right thing for them? Maybe you can play with the timeline or the method that you use to deliver the offer, so on and so forth, until you find the right combination of an offer that is easy to deliver, that is priced to be profitable. That is it for offers, how to create offers that scale with more ease. So hopefully you got at least a couple of nuggets out of there that you can go and implement into your offers and pricing. If you would like a step-by-step walkthrough of how to create and price and validate offers, I have a digital course called Offers That Scale. You can go check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes for you to go check that out. You could watch the videos, use the pricing calculator tool, use the frameworks, complete the workbook like in a weekend if you wanted to, and you could come back next week with 
revamped offer offers and upgraded pricing. Okay, so go check that out. And if you would prefer more hands on one on one support, if your goal is to scale your business, and you want to get your offers and pricing right, scaling made simple is where it's at. So you can go to sarahyoung.com forward slash scale to apply. All right, that is all I've got for today. And we will be back next week. I will be back next week for episode number 100. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Listening and learning is great, but implementing what you learned is even better. So what's one thing you can do this week to make more money in your business, save for your financial future and start living your most prosperous life? If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with a friend because it helps me reach more amazing female entrepreneurs like yourself. See you in next week's episode.